listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Welcome in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. It's Wednesday, the 19th of September. Week two is in the books. And joining us today, Lee Wakefield is back from a holiday to go to recap the week two games. Just a couple of bits to fill you in on ahead of the week three games. Carson Wentz, uh, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, has been cleared for contact and is likely to make his debut uh, of the 2018 season against the Colts at home. Uh, another couple of uh, Philadelphia Eagles bits of news to give you. Jordan Matthews has signed the team. He was obviously there uh, a couple of years ago. The slot receiver uh, obviously was the guy that was kind of suppressing Nelson Aguilar a little bit um, when he was back with the team a couple of seasons ago. In the backfield, JJ and Darren Sproles are questionable for Sunday's game uh, against the Colts. Not really pra- limited practice this week. Ajay with a back problem, not quite sure what Darren Sproles' injury is. But it certainly looks like Corey Clement is a guy that you will maybe want to circle. Alshon Jeffrey is still day-to-day uh, with his injury as well. Big news of the weekend, uh, away from the NFL games, uh, Josh Gordon is now a New England Patriot being traded for a conditional fifth round pick um, if he doesn't suit up in, I think, 10 games. Um, if he suits up in 10 games, the New England Patriots will get a seventh round returned to them. Corey Coleman has been released, uh, I assume, to make way for Josh Gordon. So Josh Gordon is now a New England Patriot. Be interesting to see how that one plays out. Leonard Fournette uh, is questionable for week three. Um, obviously TJ Eldon filled in uh, and as Fournette was inactive against the New England Patriots last week so it'll be interesting to see if he manage, manages to make the field uh, one of the bigger injuries of the weekend was LaShawn McCoy with fractured ribs is considered day to day ahead of their week 3 game uh, away to the Vikings that one could be a bloodbath there Joe Mixon obviously came out of the Thursday night game uh, with an injury, as uh, Thomas Rawls has been signed there by the Cincinnati Bengals, but expect Giovanni Bernard to take the bulk of the work there. So, like I say, week two is in the books. I hope you have won your week two fancy matchups. Uh, I got absolutely heartbroken with their last that last second uh, Russell Wilson touchdown uh, against the Bears there on Monday Night Football, causing me to lose purely just on that throw alone. So not too happy about that. But generally, in all the leagues that I was in, managed to get uh, quite a few, quite a number of wins there. Didn't have really have a good week one, so it's good to get some win, wins in the win column there from week two. Yes, so like I said, the week two is in the books, and we're joined alongside uh, Lee Wakefield, who returns to the show uh, and we're going to be recapping all the week two games, looking at some of the storylines that come out of those games and any, any interesting facts as well. We're going to give you some waiver wire picks for week three. Uh, I realised that uh, at the time of this po- podcast publishing that the waivers have already run, but just in case that one of them, one or two got missed, we shall point you in the right direction there. And we'll also head, look ahead to a Thursday night game, uh, which everyone is looking forward to, the Jets at the Browns. Believe we working you in. Obviously, you've been away uh, on holiday for a week in, in sunny Spain, though, I suppose it was. So it's, I suppose it's not to come back to a nice wet and windy wet and windy England yeah no it's, it's good to be back obviously uh, yeah enjoyed a nice week away but yeah no, it's good to be back um, it's, it's still quite humid down here in Brighton to be fair so it's not actually that wet and wild oh yeah I forgot um, you're south yeah. coast aren't you yeah you're south coast you, yeah, you, you get you get away with a lot of it 
yeah, we've still got a little bit of heat knocking about. Um, it's quite humid, actually. So um, it's not as sunny, but yeah, it's still nice. Yeah, if, you've, if you ever want to come and visit, uh, I mean, we've had gale force winds here of nearly up to 100 miles per hour. And, you know, one of, one of the slate tiles have come off the roof. So, you know, we, you know, everything's in trouble when that happens. But, um, yeah. My God. <laughs> but what do you like when it's like proper winter? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, we, yeah, we just usually miss autumn straight out. And, um, yeah, I think it's yeah. a, a very warm 10 degrees up here. Uh, I, th- I, think, I think I saw my car's dashboard driving home. But, um Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you watched, how much you watched. I know you came back obviously on Saturday. Um, I don't know if you had other th- other stuff going on. But let's uh, let's revisit Thursday night. Uh, obviously the Ravens um, travelling to the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals being quite comfortable in that game actually, which was uh, quite surprising. AJ Green had a first half hat trick. Um, and obviously the, the injury to Joe Mixon was were two main things that come out of, come out of the game for me. Uh, but another another touchdown for John Brown. Uh, Alex Collins also disappointed again um, in the backfield there for the Ravens. Did you did you manage to watch any of this game as, at all, or did you see what what, what went on? Yeah, yeah. So the, obviously the joys of Game Pass is that you can obviously download the game. So oh, yeah. I downloaded this on Friday morning and watched it by the pool on Friday morning. So I watched it in quite nice circumstances as well, actually. Lovely. Lovely, yeah. No, I think quite a lot of people were surprised by how well, how easily maybe the Bengals dealt with the Ravens. I think, I think it's just a case of maybe the Bengals are a bit underrated going into the season. Obviously, their offensive line showed up a little bit, but um, yeah, it was an interesting scoreline as well. Yeah, no, definitely underrated, um, especially by me. I was, I was uh, one person who was slating the Bengals and saying they're not going to have a very good season. Obviously, they've um, it's probably not time for an apology yet, but they've definitely had a good start of start to the season. <laughs> if it carries on, though, I might have to make some public apologies to Bengals fans. <laughs> yeah, no, they look good from what I saw. Um, like I say, AJ Green exploded, and John Mixon ran well before the injury. And they looked good on defence as well. And a couple of rookies that really stood out to me. Um, Jesse Bates obviously got the interception, could have had another one. I think one was called back um, on another play. It was, I think it was a flag where oh, it hit him in the hands, I can't remember. But there was something where Jesse Bates could have had another interception. Mm. And on the defensive line, Sam Hubbard out of Ohio State, he, he got a lot of pressure from what I saw. Um, so after what was quite a strong looking draft, um, it's looking like a few of those players have paid dividends early on for mm. Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Bengals obviously moving to two zero, taking a lead in the AFC North. As I like I say, the uh, injury to Joe Mixon there had a uh, procedure done on his knee. He's expected to miss one or two two weeks, maybe maybe one or two more than that. But um, we'll get to the waiver wires a bit later on on the podcast. Moving on to the Sunday games then. So first one up, we'll go Carolina at Atlanta Falcons. Again, this was another one where maybe the scoreline is a bit closer than the, the game was. I thought the Falcons played really well. Uh, Matt Ryan had no, and Steve Sarkisian had no issues with the red zone plays this time. And uh, lo and behold, they didn't go to Julio Jones on any one of them. Um, Tevin Coleman obviously got the start with the injured Devonta Freeman out with a, a knee injury, which is a bit worrying uh, if you're a fantasy owner of him. Julio Jones held to 64 yards, but I, I suppose quite a good game in the end. Uh, but the Falcons banishing the woes of Week One uh, inside the red zone and getting a big, um, big divisional win yeah. against their Colts rivals. Um, I guess the, the first um, half talking point was the big hit on Cam Newton yeah. as he as he slid down, took that late hit, that was which actually might have been a slip on second look. Um, but yeah, there was big brawls that ensued. But like you say, you think you hit the nail on the head. They've sort of gone away from the obvious, the the Falcons in the red zone, and they've got Calvin Ridley on uh, his, his debut. Sorry, not his debut, his first touchdown of his career mm. on a lovely slant route. And yep. uh, I think that's what we've got to get used to seeing now from Calvin Ridley is that, that sharp route running ability uh, with his pace as well. Yeah, and then obviously going to Austin Hooper as well for the other for the other red zone CD just before half time, hmm. which put them up, and then they never relinquished that lead. No, 
Yeah, no, that hit. We're just circling back to that hit. I, th- I think, although you said that you mentioned there about slip, I think I know. I know he knew what he was doing. Um, but I thought it was a very yeah, it was a nasty hit that one. Uh, but luckily, yeah. luckily no, no long term injury. Yeah, no, it looked it looked like a bad one on on first on first viewing. Um, maybe a little bit of slow motion. It does look like a slip, but yeah, like you say, you know, big divisional game, a lot of hype, a lot of um, a lot of emotion going into the game. Could be something where he's looking to put a nasty one on the opposition quarterback, especially for such a dominant player that he can be on his day. Yeah, yeah, Cam Newton uh, again. Th- th- Carolina struggled once again in the backfield trying to run the ball. Cam Newton was the highest rusher there with 42 yards. But McCaffrey, I think, had 13 receptions for 102 yards. Uh, I'm not quite can't remember the exact uh, reception total, but obviously McCaffrey is dynamic out of the backfield. Um, quite quite surprised about DJ Moore. Obviously got a touchdown in the game, but his usage is is a bit worrying. Uh, Jerius Wright and Tory Smith seem to be heading for him in the depth chart. I don't know if you see anything different there, Lee. With uh, obviously the rookie on the other side, there obviously Calvin really getting the touchdown, but DJ Moore a bit worrying. Yeah, potentially, because he only got something like 17 snaps, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah potentially uh, a bit worrying. Mm. But he's just got to work himself in. And obviously, scoring that, is it 51-yard touchdown that he got towards the end? Yeah. Uh, a bit of a run, which obviously what he's, he was known for in college. So, um, he's got, got to work himself in with plays like that. He's got mm. to make more plays, earn some more, more trust, yeah. outplay some of the more veteran guys on the team and work his way up. So, yeah, maybe a bit of a slow burner. But, yeah, uh, no need to panic So like, at the moment. But uh, could be if it carries on, if he carries on getting that slow snap count each week. Mm. Yeah, not been getting many looks. I think that was just his one catch was for that touchdown, and he only had two targets in the whole game. And last week was uh, I don't think he was maybe targeted once uh, again. But um, yeah, one to one to monitor there. Uh, one of the surprises results of the weekend: uh, Indianapolis Colts beating the Redskins twenty-one to nine. Uh, and just a, a trivia stat for you, uh, Lee: who who do you reckon was the the the, the biggest rusher in terms of uh, rushing, rushing yards for the Washington Redskins on Sunday? Uh, I it was Jameson Crowder actually. I looked this up ah, before. Damn you, damn <laughs> so I actually, you! <laughs> I actually did as part of my research, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't have guessed it. it no, didn't surprise me. No, Jameson so Crowder. Yeah. 29, 29 rushing yards, which tells you how yeah. how effective Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson were in the backfield. Chris Thompson, funnily enough, was the uh, the top receiver in terms of yards with 92 there. But yeah, not, not a very good uh, performance there by Washington. So obviously with the week one there was more on Arizona being absolutely awful. And we'll get to those those guys in a second. But the Colts, yeah, the defence there stepped up, was which was the interesting one because we didn't. no one thought they kind of had a, t- a defence. And, you know, Andrew Luck struggled a little bit as well with a couple of interceptions. But um, the Colts coming away with the win. Yeah, definitely. Just looking back to the Alex Smith um, and the rushing and the Chris Thompson receiving sort of stats, is that not just typical Alex Smith, though? Where yeah. he's checking it down 13 times to a guy out of the backfield um, and not much else beyond that. Mm. Yeah, and obviously the uh, the Redskins also had missed a couple of field goals as well, which was a co- another another common theme uh, throughout the weekends uh, in week two. But yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, Redskins there was a lot of hype after last week, and obviously going into the season as well, Alex Smith being you know just as good as Kirk Cousins. But yeah, a bit of a bit of a turn up for the books. So I'd be quite interested to see how the Redskins bounce back there in in week three. Uh, can't remember who they have off the top of my head, but um, yeah. Yeah, just one one last thing to mention on the Colts. Um, obviously, another rookie who I mentioned, not a um, bit of a self-plug here. Um, <laughs> just before the season started, we had a look at uh, players who might uh, surprise like Naheem Hines down as like, a bit of a deep dive and he got his first touchdown yep. on Sunday. Yep. So, yeah, one to look out for. Potentially, Jordan Wilkins is leading that Indianapolis um, uh, backfield in terms of touches and things like that. But, yeah, maybe Naheem Hines is a bit of a change of pace, might come in. 
Mm-hmm. And it was a nice little, nice little scuttle through the middle that he got. Yeah. So, yeah, once look happened. Yeah, obviously Marlon Mack was also returning there from obviously his hamstring injury. So I mean, it's a back for, it's a backfield I'm going to avoid. Um, yeah, I, I'm not interested in. But yeah, it's, it's quite interesting to see obviously the two rookies there, how they are faring. Let's move on to uh, AFC West Chargers uh, at Bills. Um, quite easy this one for the Chargers. Obviously that was kind of intended. Um, Philip Rivers doing all the damage in the first half. Melvin Gordon, obviously, with the hat-trick there as well. Two receiving touchdowns to go with the one rushing. Uh, I think the main storyline coming out of this one, though, was the uh, retirement of Vontae, <laughs> the former Colts cornerback, uh, Vontae Davis, retiring at half-time. I mean, oof. I mean, that's just that's just a different level of quitting on the team, isn't it? That's just how dominant the Chargers were in the first half. We're getting people to quit now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and- no, the, the Chargers were really dominant in the first half. Um, we raced into a 28-3 half-time lead. Yeah. The Bills just weren't really in it. Um, but then after the second half, we in the second half, sorry, we took that foot off the gas a little bit and Josh Allen started running, starting heaving it downfield. Mm-hmm. He was accurate at times, but he did hit the target a few times off some big gains. Yeah. Um, but he did miss some short layups that... That you just should be hitting, you know, just little uh, pitches out to the the running back in the open field, and he missed a few people who were who were wide open, and it just shows a bit of lack of field vision. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was quite a, quite an easy game. It was, a, it was a learning curve for Josh Allen, but he's going to be he's going to be having to take some steps um, in the right direction. He's only going to do that by getting some experience on the field against tough defenses. Yeah, no, I certainly agree there. Uh, just the other, the other bit of injury news to come out of that game, obviously, the Sean McCoy fractured ribs uh, is one to keep an eye on. Uh, one of the games of the weekend, Vikings at Packers. Uh, obviously, this has ended up in a tie. Uh, some more poor kicking by the rookie Daniel Carlson, uh, who I believe has now been replaced by Dan Bailey, uh, the former Cowboys kicker. This was a crazy one, this one. Obviously, another main talking point was the uh, Clay Matthews hit um, to extend, I think it was to extend the Minnesota drive, wasn't it? Um, which which resulted yeah, in, a, right. in a touchdown. Yeah, but obviously this one ended up in a tie. Rogers on obviously wearing a knee brace. Um, what, what did you take from this game? It's quite an interesting one. Yeah, Rogers Rogers was clearly a bit limited. Uh, he wasn't moving around as well as he usually does. Obviously, it's one of his main attributes is his pocket movement and the way he can extend play. He was clearly limited by that knee brace, but he's better than Deshaun Kaiser being out there, even if he is you know sixty seventy percent healthy. Uh, but yeah, like you said, you just touched on it a moment ago. This is something that really should have been a Packers win. Um, you know, it's that, that that Clay Matthews hit that was pretty much a textbook tackle on Kirk Cousins. Exactly what the NFL advised. Yeah. You know, through the midriff, not not putting weight on the quarterback. But it was it was flagged, and obviously it was a pick by Jay Alexander that mm. would have won the game for them effectively. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's a bit of a funny one from the new rules point of view. Mm. Yeah, and again, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a trouble when you bring in bring in new rules. Obviously, the subjectivity of it um, is going to be done differently by different referees. But yeah, it was a bit disappointing to see that maybe it was a bit called a bit incorrectly. Uh, Kirk Cousins there, four hundred twenty five yards and four touchdowns. Rushing wasn't really uh, uh, much prevalent in in this game. Dalvin Cook just the thirty eight yards on the ground, and J- Jamal Williams with fifty nine as well. Mm-hmm. This is all merely done through the air. And obviously, Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers are, are signalmen that can do that as well. So yeah, the, um, obviously they both go to one zero and one for the season. Moving on yeah. to another uh, kicker that uh, no no longer has a job, Ken Gonzalez of the Cleveland Browns, as they fall to the New Orleans Saints over in New Orleans uh, in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Um, 
I mean, how how Cleveland haven't won a game yet this season is beyond me. Uh, even the the late touchdown by Antonio Callaway, you're thinking, oh, here we go. Uh, potentially that Bud Light that Bud Light fridge is going to get opened, but by the, by, the, <laughs> by the time it actually opens, I think the beer would have gone off. I think, uh, although they have a good chance on Thursday night, but. Yeah, Ken Gonzalez was absolutely awful, but the, obviously the story was that he had a groin injury and Hugh Jackson made him play through it. Um, just Hugh Jackson's just a bit of a clown, um, and the Cleveland Browns really should have won this game. Yeah, definitely. The, the Browns, like you said, they should be 2-0, really. They, they should have beat Pittsburgh, and then they, they were obviously a couple of kicks away, or a few kicks away. I think he left eight points on the field, didn't he, uh, yeah. Gonzalez? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Browns played tough early. They forced two fumbles, um, one from Michael Thomas. Uh, I can't remember the other one. Uh, but yeah, they played pretty tough on defence uh, overall in the first half. And then, um, yeah, they should have wrapped it up late on uh, with the Antonio Callaway touchdown, then he misses the extra point. I mean, like you say, if, if you're playing through a groin injury, surely your punter mm. uh, could hit a, a point after. Mm. Yeah. Well, you John, know, Johnny Hecker. Johnny Hecker, yeah. <laughs> um, You know, Greg Zerlang went down, didn't play the whole game. Obviously, I'm not saying that the Browns should have gone through the whole game, um, but they should certainly have Perhaps with, especially with the game on the line, just put the punter out there just mm. to knock it over from what is it, thirty-five yards, something yeah. like that, isn't it? Yeah. Extra point. Yeah. Just and then the one that's a missed missed opportunity there, mm. um, either through bad coaching or just not being able to see the game out. And yeah. it's it's, really, it's just a shame because the Browns should be the Browns should be two and yeah, I agree. And this is a stat that um, that won't get read out too many times or won't happen too often. Is Ty- uh, Tyra Taylor had more passing yards than Drew Brees in this game. So it just shows to you how, how good the defence is actually for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Denzel Ward had another, had another, uh, another good game. He's questionable for Thursday night as well. Um, but yeah, Cleveland should be coming away with the victory there. But the question I want to put to you, Lee, for coming out of this game is, uh, are the New Orleans Saints actually any good? Um, obviously, they should, have, they should be... 0-2, uh, lost last week against Tampa Bay. That offence doesn't seem to be that great, and the defence is a, is a shadow of if it's a 2017 team. Yeah, I think I think the, the biggest issue is that the defence is playing nowhere near to the level that it did last year. Mm. I think on offence, when they get Mark Ingram back, they'll become a bit more balanced. They'll be able to unleash that two-headed beast in the backfield again. Um, and you know that should bring some more balance to their offence. Their offence will be able to get them through. It's their defence that needs to really step up. Yeah. On offense, they've got Michael Thomas, who's playing absolutely incredibly. He's, you know, becoming that absolutely definite elite wide receiver uh, in that class now. You know, after his 16 catches, and then he's uh, had another game against Cleveland where he's played very well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the defense that needs to step up, I think, for New Orleans. Uh, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and once they get the running game back again, I think they'll work it out. But the defense needs to step up definitely. Yeah, obviously Mark Ingram back week five. But Alvin Kamara's not done too well, obviously running between tackles, just 46 yards there on Sunday. But yeah, Michael Thomas had 89 yards, two touchdowns there uh, against Cleveland. Moving on to the later games, Detroit Lions at San Francisco 49ers. This uh, scoreline was a bit closer than it actually was. Uh, Lions getting a lot of uh, garbage time points here. Uh, not a close one at all. Uh, San Francisco kind of um, putting the more... More and more heat on uh, Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions there, um, easily winning this one and, and taking their record to one and one. Uh, anything you want to take out of this game? Matt Brader obviously had a really good uh, game on the on the ground. Yeah, yeah Matt Brader had a really good game. What was it? Yeah, Eleven rushes for 138. Yeah, and a touchdown. Yeah, uh, yeah, he had a great game. He's uh, is he leading the NFL in uh, rushing yards as well? He is. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, it was a. It was a 
a game that the 49ers thought like they should have won quite easily, then they let the Lions back in a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're only a, a flag away from winning this one with a late pick. Mm. There's return deep into Niners territory, callback for holding. Yeah. Um, and then they were only you know, three down with two minutes to play deep in territory. So it could have been overtime or could have gone for the win. Yeah. Um, my main takeaway, though, from this game is that, um, and maybe a little bit of last week, is that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't really look invincible anymore. No. Um, you know, everyone was hyping him before the season. Uh, he gave up. They gave up six sacks on him. He looked a bit under pressure. He didn't look like he was as composed as he was last season. Um, so yeah, definitely um, doesn't look invincible. Like I said, doesn't look like that golden boy anymore. No, and as I say, the narrative was obviously last season. All the teams that he played, who either had you know clinched divisions or really had nothing to play for. So it made him look a lot good. Uh, made him look better than perhaps perhaps he is. But this Lions Lions defense is absolutely trash. Um, but the good news is for them, they travel to. I think they travel to Foxborough next week, um, so that'd be quite interesting on Sunday night football. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt Patricia, <laughs> Matt Patricia will not be getting any favours from Bill Belichick. Uh, I can see, I can see New England putting fifty up on them. Potentially, yeah, they've not had a great start to the season. Um, Matt Patricia's not had a great start to his career as a head coach, and you know, to be fair, none of the um, rookie HCs have had great start to their career. You know, none of them won no. the first week. So no. maybe. Um, it's a little bit of that uh, just trend. Yeah. When he's uh, he's not looking great so far. Yeah, I think it's about two. Uh, I think it's two and seven. Well, in the dressing room, isn't there? They were having to say they're having a very tough preseason. Yeah. Um, and install like the Patriot Way, perhaps as they say. Um, it's not really gone down too well, so that might have a bearing on things. Yeah, there were, yeah, were, were members that they've. They don't like the training regime, but uh, at the end of the day, they're getting paid. They have to get on with it. Um, so as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did lie. We're not all going to all the late games. Obviously, there's some other 6 p.m. games that we haven't covered. So I don't know why my list is uh, not in chronological order, but never mind. Uh, next game up, Houston Texans. Surprise defeat to the Blaine Gabbert. Uh, <laughs> the Blaine Gabbert-led Tennessee Titans. Uh, Blaine Gabbert just throwing for 117 yards. Um, but uh, Kevin Bayard was actually the guy that... And, and was it D- Daniel <laughs> Kruikshank with, was the top of the highest receiver uh, for the Tennessee That's Titans. So that says all you kind of need to know about the uh, Tennessee Titans offence without Mar- Marcus Mariota. But yeah, Titans coming away with, there with uh, with a surprising win against the Texans. Yeah, some, some Titans I might argue that it's not that great with Mariota either. No, no. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, no, they they got a good win against the divisional rival. Um, obviously, a lot of people were probably favouring Tennessee. Uh, sorry, favouring Houston to win over Tennessee. Yeah. After the Titans didn't look great in in week one, uh, but they did enough. It's good for like I said, we just talked about rookie head coaches, and it's good for Mike Rabel to get his first win um, after no one won, like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, my my just I only watched the highlights of this. I'm going to be honest, uh, but one person who did jump off the screen at me was Harold Landry. Uh, yeah. He got sacked and yeah. just showed that great speed and bend around the edge, which they yeah. um, acquired him, you know, the second edge rusher behind Bradley Chubb in the recent class. Uh, but yeah, not a lot really to take away from this game. It was a bit of a bitty game, not yeah. a great game at all. And no. that's why a quarterback called Blaine Gabbert won. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll find that with Titans and Texans games this year. They're not going to be pretty. They're not going to be, you know, you're only really interested in fantasy. Obviously, Will Fuller and uh, DeAndre Hopkins obviously getting in the end zone as well uh, for fantasy owners, which obviously is good for them. Lamar Miller didn't really do too much on the floor, on the ground, as neither did uh, Derek Henry or Dion Lewis for the Titans. Moving on to um, one of the stories, I suppose, of the weekend, Ryan Fitzmagic um, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles 27-21, to um, coming out obviously 400, 400 yards, another four touchdowns for Fitzmagic, uh, where many maybe were surprised and, and thought that he would come out and uh, lay maybe a bit of a goose egg 
Um, but yeah, wow. First, first. I think it was the first play of the first play of the game. Uh, Seventy-five yarder to Deshaun Jackson. Obviously, the former Eagle in a revenge game. Um, but yeah, Tampa Bay coming away with the win, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick doing a Conor McGregor impression in the post post game uh, post press conference. <laughs> Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? I believe it was um, actually Deshaun Jackson's uh, clothes that he was wearing. He was, yeah. That's what I heard. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, like you say, uh, yeah, first play of the game came out through a 75 yard bomb. What's going on? Yeah. Um, but I do I do remember you hyping up Deshaun Jackson in the offseason, so well done to you for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely no one, however, was hyping up uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in the offseason. No. Uh, everyone was believing that, you know, Tampa Bay were going to go 0 uh, 4 before um, James Winston came back. But yeah, we all believe in Fitzmagic now. Mm. Um, I, I remember when I came on just for week one, for our week one preview, I said that the only way they'll win is if they have a bit of Fitzmagic. Yeah. And they, they seem to get it. I doubted that it would happen, but it has. Mm. And I think they'll beat Pittsburgh as well, to be honest, um, yeah. on Monday night. Yeah, that's a that's another another good matchup for def- uh, you know against a, a poor defense there for in Pittsburgh for Fitzpatrick to I think he got picked up in one of my home leagues as a streaming quarterback which was uh, quite shrewd I suppose but the thing is with, with with Fitzpatrick always waiting for him to, to lay that goose egg so we just have to see um, kind of what what happens there but the one obviously the one storyline off off the back of that is you know what happens to to Jameis Winston obviously you, you must you must have to keep going with Ryan Fitzpatrick until you know his his performance is dip or you know he doesn't quite get performed to the high levels that he has done in the first two weeks um, and even potentially you could could trade Jameis Winston if you if you as an organisation or Dirk Carr or the GMs feel that they're done with him yeah because obviously he's had some discipline issues um, so it's definitely a, a question I've seen asked on social media um, you know on Twitter and on Facebook I've seen a few people mention it I don't I don't know whether it'll get done I don't know whether they'll actually go that far because mm. obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick is in his bid that he's Jameis, although he's not been fantastic in his career so far, he's still quite young. Um, and, you know, he is supposed to be the franchise guy for Tampa Bay. They invested, obviously, the uh, number one pick in him yeah. uh, four years ago, I believe, still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're not going to get that, that sort of um, longevity out of Fitzpatrick um, as well as he's playing. I just think they'll keep both. Fitzpatrick will be one of the premier backups. Um, but, yeah, like you say, he's got to keep, in, he's got to keep playing, keep starting until he lays that goose egg. Yeah, and then you can in without causing any controversy. Yeah, I mean, I think they've got the week five bye, so I know Jameis is supposed to come back week four. Uh, I'd certainly keep playing Fitzpatrick, you know, regardless of Monday night's result, um, playing playing week four, and then assess after the bye, I suppose, and just also also tell Jameis Winston, look, you're not you're not invincible. You were eligible to play week four, but we decided to go Fitzpatrick because you know he he gives us the best chance of winning. So buck your ideas up and. Uh, you know, hopefully it can work out there. But yeah, certainly we were, we were asked quite high on Tampa Bay, obviously before the James news uh, of the suspension. So be interesting to see how that storyline plays out. Game of the, of the week, no doubt, was in Pittsburgh. Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes laying six touchdowns on that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. My God, what a game this was. Patrick Mahomes looks like the real deal. Uh, Ten touchdowns. He's on pace for eighty touchdowns for the season. So that's ex- <laughs> that's ex- that's exciting. Um, but yeah, what a game this was. Uh, obviously, seventy-nine points shared out, forty-two to thirty-seven. Um, obviously, Kansas City getting up big uh, early on, twenty-one to nothing, and it looked like it was going to be a rout. Um, but took again, similar to, to previous Pittsburgh games early in the season, uh, just took a bit of time to get going. Um, but obviously, just couldn't quite keep up the pace. Um, with with the Kansas City Chiefs, but what a game! What a, what a quarterback Patrick Mahomes seems to be. 
Yeah, definitely. He looks like the boy wonder at the moment, doesn't he? He's executing at a really high level in Andy Reid's offense. Obviously, this kind of like quirky college style offense kind of like suits him down to the ground, I think. And now they've got some big playmakers like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins. They can execute these big plays and you know get big chunk plays as well, which just wasn't possible really with Alex Smith, I don't think, beforehand. Mm. And then they use Kareem Hunt to complement the passing game now rather than being the star. Um, of that offense, mm. um, but I think the offense is hiding the deficiencies now uh, in Kansas City. Obviously, we both spoke about Kansas City's defense not being, um, you know, as good as it has been in recent years. Uh, it's kind of the total opposite of what's going on in Pittsburgh at the minute. They all seem a bit stale, a bit unrest. What's going on with Bell? What's going on with Brown? Has Tomlin lost control? I've seen some people talking about him being on the hottest seat, and if they lose, which I just said, I think they will do again. But I think that could be a, a question that'll be going round um, with quite a lot of people in the league. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that game is in Tampa or in, in Pittsburgh. I think it's in Tampa. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you started any Kansas City guy uh, players uh, for your fantasy, you're rewarded. Obviously, Sammy Watkins came to the party. Travis Kelsey got a pair of touchdowns in a 100-yard game. And then Tyreek Kill with a late one as well. Uh, it was quite interesting mm. to see that he obviously didn't get involved until late on uh, in the game. But yeah, certainly Kansas City. Obviously, we've got our Kansas City-Denver Broncos uh, bet going on. But Kansas City are looking good as it stands at the moment. And uh, Patrick Mahomes rolling with the punches. I think the one thing that did it for me with Patrick Mahomes was... He's not trying to force it or trying to be the hero all the time. He's just doing what he can, do, you know, doing what he's used to. Because I think there was one one play where they, I think they needed 12 or 15 yards on third down, uh, and he ended up scrambling and rushing. But he didn't try and make, you know, they just gave him what Pittsburgh would give him. So he didn't, he didn't try and get the the first down if it wasn't there. He obviously just took the nine nine or ten yards, and I think then they punted. But you know, if he if Mahomes was maybe like a Josh Allen, maybe he'd try and make something happen and do something stupid. But it just shows you the level headedness uh, there of Patrick Mahomes, and obviously Andy Reid at the moment was right to to flip Alex Collins over to Washington to to hand the keys over to Patrick Mahomes um, and say you just. I, d- I doubt that the uh, he'll he'll regress at some point back to the mean in terms of touchdowns, you know, passing percentage and and what have you. But um, for the moment, it's certainly exciting to watch, and he's obviously it's good to, you know, he he's an outside bet for league MVP at this point. I think you can still get fourteen to one, twelve to one for that. Um, so yeah, be interesting to see how he progresses through his season. Yeah, definitely it might be worth a floor at that price. To be honest, um, yeah. if they keep up this pace or some something like it on offense, they're going to be amongst, if not the, the top on offence in the league. Mm. Just as you were going through that, though, uh, just talking about Patrick Mahomes uh, scrambling, just not quite making the, the, the distance, it just, it just flashed back because you compared him to Josh Allen. There was a play in the Chargers game against the Bills on the weekend where the, the game was gone for the Bills, so he didn't really need to make the play, but um, Josh Allen was being sacked by Melvin Ingram, yeah. and he was being dragged down by the way. Allen obviously being the, the big, uh, strong quarterback that he is. Was able to stay on his feet, but he threw the ball instead of just taking the sack or throwing it out of bounds. He tried to make a completion and it was intercepted. It just shows how Patrick Mahomes is ahead of Josh Allen in a sort of processing way. Yeah. And uh, his maturity, as you said, in the game and how the way he plays it. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. There, obviously, it's night, night and day, isn't it? Um, but it would come on Josh Allen uh, unless he gets he gets turfed out of the league beforehand. But um, yeah, onto onto another rookie quarterback, Sam Donald had uh, Sam Donald even had a, an ugly interception early on there in the game at home against Miami. Obviously, ended in defeat there, twenty to twelve. Uh, but yeah, obviously, Jets uh, were another slow starting team on Sunday. Sam Donald with a couple of picks there. 
Um, but they, they brought it back and they got close. Uh, but Miami really kind of had this already in hand. I think Tannehill only had just uh, just under 200 uh, passing yards. And they didn't really have a lot of total yardage in the game because they obviously had short fields on the back of turnovers. Robbie Anderson had a fumble as well around about midfield. Um, so, yeah, bit of a bit of a damp one, damp squib this one. Um, Dolphins obviously taking the victory going to 2-0 on the season. Obviously a divisional win. Not really convinced by by either team. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you you took out of the game. Yeah, just just on the first point about Sam Darnold uh, throwing an early pick, he's got to he's got to stop making a habit of that. Obviously, on his first ever snap through a pick six last week uh, in Detroit. Yeah. Obviously, he did it again uh, throwing an early pick uh, against Miami. Uh, something that that he's got to cut out. Obviously, he had turnover issues in college at Southern California. Yeah. Um, fumbling and exception, something he's got to cut out. Obviously, he, he looks good. He, he came back and he played very well against the Lions last week. Uh, but yeah, it's just something he's got to clean up. Um, obviously, they've thrust him in and traded away Teddy Bridgewater. They, they don't have... Um, I mean, McCann's obviously a, a pretty high-level backup, but they don't have a top-level backup like they would have had with uh, Bridgewater. No. Uh, so he's got to cut out and cut out soon, otherwise uh, he's going to be... You know, these things get on top of these rookie quarterbacks if they start making mistakes, making interceptions. Mm. Uh, so he's got to, like they, just got to cut it out. But it was the yeah, in the first half, it was turnovers all around, really, wasn't it? Because Tannehill fumbled, uh, and then he, did he fumble late on as well in the third, in the second half sometime. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a bit, a bit of a bitty game, but Tannehill found his groove, and Miami got into a quite a nice uh, lead at halftime. <laughs> Um, and then yeah, they were able to see it out. So yeah, like you say, not really convinced by either team. Although the Dolphins are two two zero, they've uh, still got to play all the better teams yet in their schedule. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just yeah, a couple of fantasy things that I've, I took out from the game. Obviously, Frank Gore continues to, cy- to uh, siphon uh, carries from Kenyon Drake. I don't know if that's because. Uh, Kenyon, uh, the Dolphins were ahead and obviously they could give a couple of carries to Gore but also Quincy Nunoir seems to be um, at the forefront of Sam Donald's uh, first option there in that offence so he's a guy to look at and maybe in PPR I think he had another nine receptions or seven receptions uh, to go with his, his high week one total as well uh, Robbie, Robbie Anderson seems to be a bit out of favour there uh, I'm not quite sure why that is moving on to uh, the blowout of the weekend Cardinals, my god um, yeah, what well, I don't know, really know what's going on there with Arizona. Uh, getting absolutely wallops there, thirty-four-zero to the Rams. I, I don't, I don't think Arizona have even got three hundred net yards on both games combined uh, this season. Sam Bradford for flying for under ninety. Uh, nine, uh, under 100 yards in this game. David Johnson just 48 yards on the ground. Here's a stat. Here's a stat for you from that game, Lee. Um, Arizona had one play in that whole game in Rams territory. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> that's pretty uh, bad. It's awful. Uh, yeah, it? this was a this was a total beatdown, wasn't it? Um, the Rams won't have an easier game all all year, I don't think. Um, I'm actually glad. For, I'm for one. I'm actually quite glad to um, that Josh Allen, sorry Josh Rosen, sorry, isn't playing behind this line because I think it's the worst in the league. Yeah, um, Arizona might be the worst team in the league at the moment. Uh, yeah, just like you say, Sam Bradford threw for 90 yards. They only got 137 yards on 10 total drives. Yeah. So quick maths, thirteen point seven yards per drive. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so that's obviously that's not great. And Todd Gurley was just able to run riot three touchdowns, two two point conversions, and Brandon Cooks, hundred and fifty seven yards in the air. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was quite easy. Uh, able to rack up quite a lot of yards and uh, touchdowns, and like I say, the easiest game they'll play for quite a while. 
Yeah, obviously, uh, Arizona have only scored six point, points all season, and Phil Dawson, the kicker, hasn't even had a hasn't scored scored one fantasy point yet this year. So that's quite interesting to know. Um, I only know that because I have him on one of my teams, and I, he's been duly <laughs> he's been duly wiped from my team for for I think Chandler Cantanzaro. But um, yeah, moving on to the. That, the that's go on. That's because you hate kickers in fantasy, don't you? Yep. But that's what's really you that you've got no points from a kicker. <laughs> I suppose it's I suppose it's karma, really. But uh, <laughs> moving on to uh, the showcase game of the weekend, obviously the national game, Patriots uh, comfortably dealt with by the Jaguars. Obviously no Fournette, uh, obviously no problem. Uh, Keelan Cole making a a highlight real catch there uh, with the one-handed uh, reminiscent of the Odell Beckham. Obviously, Beckham ones is obviously better, but Keelan Cole there, uh, 116 yards and one touchdown. But um, Blake Bortles, four, t- four touchdowns, 377 yards. Jacksonville Jaguars taking care of business and obviously doing what they should have done last year in the championship game. Yeah, definitely a bit of a revenge, revenge result here for the Jags. Um, yeah, Bortles played well, played largely mistake-free, which was the key. Obviously, to play no turn, have no turnovers and play great defense is probably going to be a formula for Jacksonville. Mm. Uh, yeah, Keelan Cole, what a, what a catch that was! Probably the catch of the year so far. Although we are only in week two, mm. um, but then yeah, they shut down Gronkowski as well. With who he, on, he only had uh, two catches, fifteen yards, yeah. and they didn't really give a sniff to be honest. It was quite one sided um, throughout, and obviously the Jags, like I say, getting revenge for last year. Yeah. Yeah, certainly, certainly can see the same matchup again in the playoffs. I'd be interested to see how much of his of a hand of a hand that Bill Belichick played really in that game. Obviously, the running backs there are a bit banged up as well. Uh, obviously, don't have no Julian Edelman. Uh, Josh Gordon obviously is now an England Patriot. Not that I'm saying that he's going to make a difference, but you know, playmakers on each team uh, on on the Patriots is obviously what they what they what they need. Um, yeah, not really too much to take from the game apart from you know Jacksonville. I think are a better team than New England at the moment. Um, whether, whether that remains to be seen over the course of the season, uh, we, we should wait and see. But yeah, it was good to see Jacksonville get kind of get over the hump a little bit again, defeating the, the Patriots at home. Um, you know, if Jacksonville get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, it could be quite interesting. They could go to the Super Bowl. Might be a worth uh, an investment there, uh, anti post wise. I, th- I still think you can get a decent price uh, on them to do so. I think if if these um... These guys meet in the playoffs later in the year or early next year, it would be. Um, I feel like this would be a completely different game. As you say, um, New England will have a, a few players back, um, and obviously, Josh Gordon will be fully integrated into their system by then. And another thing is, obviously, Bill Belichick's the master at making adjustments. He'll, he'll watch the tape back, he'll dissect it, and uh, he'll he'll have a better idea of how to pick Jacksonville apart. Mm. So I think it could be it could be a, a very interesting game if this is, is uh, you know possibly an AFC Championship game or something like that in the future. Yeah, well, so yeah, on the on the Jacksonville side, obviously no Fournette as well. So you know the. the... Don't, I'm not going to take the the result. To, you know, it's pretty much just face value at the moment. Obviously, it's only week two. Um, like I say, m- most uh, Belichick and maybe Doug Marone probably haven't shown their hands too much because they couldn't because uh, of the personnel available to them. But yeah, it was, it was just say I think it was deserved win for Jacksonville. And obviously, they're now the forefront uh, favourites for the AFC South, uh, which is starting to look like a really weak division again this season, which is quite an interesting one that not many people uh, would have predicted. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's true. I 
I'm one of the people who actually did predict it was a, <laughs> it was going to be a good division. But yeah, no, you are right. Mm. Okay, let's move on to AFC West clash. Raiders uh, snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. Derek Carr had, I think, he completed 92 percent of his passes, 29 to 32. Uh, it was my quick maths that I tried to do and probably failed. Um, but yeah, Oakland managing to find a way to lose this one. Um, obviously, Denver Bronco were awful in the first half. Come back in, obviously, in the second. Philip Lindsay um, had a, had himself a game. Obviously, looks like a find uh, off the street. But Case Keenum didn't have the greatest of games. But Denver eking it out and managing to find a, a way to win here. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a strange game, really, because um, with Derek Carr's completion percentage, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, I don't know off, offhand, but that must be one of the highest completion percentages for a losing quarterback yeah. ever. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, no, they, they found a way to lose, obviously. They missed a vital field goal in the first half. Um, and then they, they just don't have a pass rush at the moment. And no. I wonder where they could have got one of them from. Yeah, if only they had one of those. If only they didn't trade away one of the best pass rushers in the league. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny actually because John Gruden's been kind of throwing everyone under the bus recently. Last week, last week, and both weeks he said about being at a pass rush. Uh, I think he blamed someone last week. I think he blamed Derek Carr last week for the loss there. Blame Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> and obviously this week pass rush and, and defensive coordinator as well. So, yeah, not not all is well in Oakland. Obviously, training away Khalil Mack. I don't think I feel sorry for the people of Oakland because I don't think they're going to see a team that's going to win much. Uh, and obviously, they're off to Las Vegas soon. So. Yeah, I feel sorry for the people of uh, the, the fans there of Oakland. Um, it's not it's not going to be a good ride for them this year or, or next. But um, yeah, there we are. Obviously, I'm happy with the Denver win for our for our little side bet, um, which we still need to kind of make up a yeah, fortune yeah, for. We are level at the moment, aren't we? Both both teams two and zero. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, we certainly are. Um, one, one, the, go on. Sorry, well, I was just one one bright spot that could be for Oakland is that um, Amari Cooper got back on yeah. back on the catches and back the yard as well, ten yeah. catches. 16. Yeah. Uh, that, that connection's been a bit, um, I don't know, a bit disconnected, perhaps. Yeah. Um, quite recently, it hasn't been as strong, um, especially for last season. Last season, Mario Cooper was really down. Uh, but yeah, that, that's possibly quite encouraging to get that back up and running. Yeah, and obviously it's nice to see Derek Carr have a nice game as well. He's obviously been in the doldrums for for a little while. Um, moving on to the Sunday night game, D- Dallas Cowboys, uh, if they ever needed a remedy to to fix all of their problems, just put the New York Giants in front of them because they are hapless. Uh, Giants D is absolutely trash. That offensive line for Giants is absolutely trash. I think six different sacks, uh, six sacks from six different players there on the defense for Dallas, uh, which is all, yeah, like I say, it's a good remedy for, for teams that are maybe in a bit of trouble or maybe just finding their way. Dallas, again, Scoreline says it was a bit closer than it was, but uh, than it actually was. But Dallas controlled this one from start to finish. Really, obviously that's tied up with a, a deep one to Tavon Austin on the first series. Um, and I'd just like to say that uh, as it stands, Dallas are top of the NFC East. So let's just finish the season now and get to the playoffs. <laughs> um, that's the only way yeah. we're gonna. That's the only way we're gonna, we're gonna play a playoff game. But um, yeah. Ah, oh, you never know. Uh, you know, obviously Washington aren't looking great. Philadelphia just lost to Tampa Bay in quite a big upset. So you never know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. The, the Giants' offensive line is, like you say, one of the worst. Uh, I think we've said that about quite a few uh, just in this podcast, to be honest. But yeah, they are one of the worst. Uh, the, Eric Flowers, especially, just looks like a turns to file. Mm. And uh, yeah, the Dallas defensive line linebackers just able to take advantage of that uh, with you know att- attacks from from all angles, really. Like you say, six six sacks of six players, which is uh, is good variety. Not not something you hear of a great deal. No, and Saquon Barkley, obviously. Uh... 
it'll always be it'll always be debated about whether who they should have taken. But Saquon Barkley is struggling obviously to rush behind the offensive line. I think he had like fourteen or fifteen rushes for like twenty eight yards. I think he caught was it fourteen passes out of the backfield for eighty yards or something stupid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's ridic- that's absolutely right. ridiculous. Uh, and that says all you need to know. Uh, but obviously, the Dallas defense. Yeah, he looked. He looked. He looked, he looks done behind that that line. He doesn't look like he should be there. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm not going to. If they're going to take Saquon Barkley over someone else, over over like a quarterback that they can build around, then you know they they get all their desert. They deserve to be quite honest. But not really much, too much else to take away from this game. Obviously, Zeke got in the end zone again. Um, but yeah, too, not too too great. Not really great teams. Uh, but Dallas obviously way better than the Giants. Uh, Giants are going to struggle to win games with their schedule. Um, moving on to the last game then of the week, uh, Monday Night Football, Chicago Bears all over the Seattle Seahawks, Khalil Mack again uh, causing havoc, and that defence as well, giving uh, Russell Wilson some nightmares, interceptions, fumbles, uh, Bears played really well, uh, look, even if it wasn't that great on offence, uh, but the defence, you know, sometimes you just need defence to step up and this defence looks decent. Yeah, definitely, I think the introduction of Khalil Mack, he's obviously not been in town for that long, but... It's given them a real boost. Um, he, he's, getting, he's getting pressure on Wilson the whole night. And, uh, yeah, Mac, Johnny Trevathan, and Eddie Goldman all got sacks. They got five sacks in the first half of the Bears. Mm, yeah. And I think they lead the league in sacks now. So that's obviously exactly what they wanted when they, they traded for Mac. Mm. Uh, they've always been a defensive uh, city, defensive team. You know, obviously going back to of their great teams in the 80s and things like that. They've always been a defensive team. And this, uh, this defense now is looking like it could bolt itself maybe in the next year or so. Yeah. Into being among you know, the best in the league, obviously led by Khalil Mack and that, that big trade. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like Chicago Bears defense. If they're if they're fantasy redraft leagues, if Chicago beat Bears defense are on the waivers, go pick them up because they are facing the Arizona Cardinals next week. So more sacks, more interceptions and but probably no points given up either. So they'll they'll I've got them in a in our, in our dynasty league um as well, because I, I really liked the, the the you know their outlook. Um, obviously, before, was before Khalil Mack obviously joined, um, that was obviously a nice surprise as well. Uh, but yeah, on offense, obviously not great. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. Jordan Howard only thirty-five yards rushing on the ground. Um, so not obviously not a great uh, offensive performance there, but didn't really need to obviously because the defense helped them out there as well. Obviously, I think uh, Russell Wilson. I think that was Russell Wilson's second only ever, ever pick six. I think uh, if, I'm, if my memory serves, uh, which is quite an interesting fact. Yeah, interesting start. Yeah, um, he's obviously not new into a, a pick but yeah no, it's interesting that they've uh, been able to defend it on the return mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah no just on to Chicago's offence yeah it wasn't great Mitch Trubisky is obviously still uh, building still making those steps but one thing that I really like is I really like Matt Nagy's offence I've watched both um, Chicago games in full now right. um, while I work and I just think I really, really like it I really think it's really innovative I think they've got a lot of playmakers they've you know, got Tariq Cohen uh John Howard is receiving really well in the backfield. They've got that uh, group of receivers that they've brought into free agency. And obviously, my boy Anthony Miller got his first touchdown yep. uh, against Chicago as well. So, got to get that in there as well. So, no, I think, <laughs> I think they will get there on offense with Trubisky. I just think it's a work in progress. But I think they've got the right, they've got the right um, head coach, yeah. the right offense, and they've got the right players. I think it's just a, a matter of time there. And yeah. obviously, if they get that defense well, they could be. Uh, making you know run for the playoffs and run for the deep playoffs in a really 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 strong um, AFC North uh, NFC North sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I say if, uh, if Chicago Bears defense are on the waivers, go pick them up, which is a great segue into the waiver section for week three. So we'll just go, go through a couple of names here um, on, on guys that, you know, let's say waivers are done. But if these guys are still on there, go and pick them up because you can get them straight away. You don't have to put claims in or anything like that. So I've got I think I've got one at every position. Uh, yes, I have. So we'll, I'll start off at quarterback. So. Uh, if you're a streamer, Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously has a good matchup against Pittsburgh uh, in week three. Obviously, we can, you see what he's he's done the last two weeks, and you know, is there the chance that he could he could lay a goose egg? Because uh, once you start to trust him, he then stabs you in the back uh, for fantasy purposes. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was a guy um, that I, I kind of circled, especially in the deeper leagues or two two, two QB leagues, because he might even stay there longer than you know the three or four weeks when when you know when, like we said when James comes back. So he's just a guy to you know even if you play him for the one week you can drop him next week for someone else um but i don't, I don't know if you've have you got any quarterbacks there for the waivers uh obviously we didn't discuss this before recording but yeah i've got i've got fitzpatrick uh it's pretty obvious uh obviously he's playing very well um at the moment and like you, you just mentioned it yourself but obviously we've got a good matchup against the steelers could be another 400 yard four touchdown uh, performance yeah and hopefully another fantastic post-match outfit yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So here's one for you. So would you would you rather start Fitzpatrick against Pittsburgh or Philip Rivers against the Rams? Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick. definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not confident about our chances this uh, this Sunday against the Rams. To be honest. Where is that? Um, is it at the Rams? Super Bowl. Is it, are, you, are you away or? Uh, home? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's on the road in our home seat. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the road on the on the road at home. Um, <laughs> talking of yeah. yeah, talking of the Chargers, Austin Eckler is another guy who seems to have standalone value now, not just a handcuff uh, there in that Chargers offense. Obviously, getting a lot of receiving out of the backfield, making some plays. Seems to have a lot of trust there uh, of the coaching staff there in Los Angeles. Uh, for the Chargers, he's he's performed quite well in the first two weeks, so he's a guy. If he's on your waivers, might be worth a little bit of a stash there for your bye week plugins. Uh, the other running back I've got is obviously Gio Bernard on the back of uh, Jay Mixon's injury. He he should be playable there for a week or two whilst uh, before Jay Mixon comes back, maybe. Yeah, definitely two good two good shouts there. Obviously, you always look for the injuries uh, for the big the big players, and then always try and pick up their backups. Yeah, um, Gio Bernard's obviously a little bit different to Mixon, but yeah, definitely he's going to he's going to pick up some touches definitely there. Um, obviously, from your deeper formats, if Mixon is out for a little bit longer, then you could go from Mark Walton as well, the yeah. rookie yeah. Uh, out of Miami. They picked up in the fourth round. He could maybe take some touches. So I think he's a bit more similar to Mixon in sort of build and style mm. um, than Gio Bernard. is obviously a bit more of a scat back uh, you know, receiver. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Austin Eckler is another good one. I really like that. Um, he's become a bit more of a sort of 1B uh, running back now uh, rather than... And running back too, like you say, a lot of um, trust with Rivers and the coaching staff. And uh, amongst Chargers fans, obviously, we we're talking about getting um, Eckler and Gordon on the field at the same time. It's something that we've seen quite a lot of, especially in more innovative offenses such as Matt Nagy in um, in Chicago. Um, and yeah, he's, he's the more seen Eckler uh, on the field, the better. As for anyone who's a Chargers fan at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any, have you got any running backs there for waivers? Uh, just, just someone who we mentioned a little while ago, uh, Philip Lindsay. Obviously, he's pretty unheard of before these last couple of weeks. Mm. He's got over 100 all-purpose yards in both the games. He's got a touchdown. Um, obviously, he's uh, getting a lot of um, touches. Uh, so yeah, I think he's someone to look out for. Someone that uh, a lot of your sort of players who 
maybe not into the NFL as much. If you're in a yeah. bit of a, a casual league, they're not going to be. He's not going to have been heard of. So no. maybe get on him before a lot of people have uh, listened to our podcast and then pick him up as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, moving on to wide receiver. Uh, I've kind of grouped these together, uh, wide receiver and touch and, and tight end because they play for the same team. But Will Disley obviously got a garbage time touchdown last week as well, so he's obviously got back to back scoring weeks. So that's quite interesting there. Uh, and Tyler Lockett, obviously the other wide receiver. But this is only 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 whilst really Doug Baldwin is out. Uh, he's unlikely for week three as well. So you can get a bit of standalone value there if you you know if you if you're a De- Delaney Walker owner and he's gone for the season, obviously, and the the other tight end who, whose name escapes me. Um, but yeah, obviously, if you're going to stream Will Disley, could be one that you could do. Um, Tyler Lockett as well. If you're if you're the Doug Baldwin owner and Tyler Lockett's still out there, go go and get him as well because obviously he's got, he's he's the next man up, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Um, definitely. Um, for my wide receivers, I've got a couple. Um, so I've got someone who mentioned earlier, just really quickly. So we've got Quincy Number for the Jets. Yeah. Like you said earlier, he's become Sam Donald's favourite target. He's getting quite a lot of targets. He's had six and then seven in week one and week two, respectively. So obviously a good PPR option. Um, he just seems to have got a trust between him and Donald. Uh, I think he looks to him quite a lot, especially on third down and things like that. You know, he's got good, good solid hands. He's been a decent receiver for a couple of years now. Because um, Robbie Anderson's more of like a big player receiver. And then my second one is Tyler Boyd for the Bengals. Uh, obviously, the Bengals are rolling at the moment, um, and I'm a big fan of personally. I'm a big fan of claiming players on teams that are playing well. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of attention is going to go to AJ Green on the other side. So he's going to take the defense's attention away. I think Boyd cemented himself as wide receiver two in front of John Ross at the moment. So yeah, someone who I've, I've just had a little uh, dabbling on, on a couple of leagues, I think. Yeah, Cincinnati as well. I looked at their schedule. They've got some really good schedule because um, I traded a, I traded AJ Green in one of my leagues. Um, today I traded away for uh, AJ Green away, and I know you were, you might be shocked by that, but it was a, it was a massive trade which I won't go into too much detail about. Um, but yeah, I was looking at the, you know whilst I was looking at the weighing it up. Obviously, I looked at Cincinnati's schedule. They've got some really good schedules um, and some matchups there uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, quite a soft one, quite a soft schedule overall for Cincinnati. Obviously, that's like I say they're rolling at the moment. So yeah, don't mind the Tyler Boyd pick as well. Well, one final name I've got actually whilst we're going through that at the wide receiver position, uh, which is a great segue into Thursday night football. But Antonio Callaway uh, is a guy that uh, might be worth picking up, and probably not in a lot of leagues again, like um, Philip Lindsay. Not a lot of people will know much about him, but no, there's no more Josh Gordon there uh, in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry is questionable now for Thursday with a knee injury, so Antonio Callaway could be uh, could be a guy to circle and kind of plug in and play. Uh, he'll get the targets, maybe not so much in standard because I think it'd be a low-scoring game. Uh, but maybe in PPI, he's got a bit of value. He's only really got Rashad, yeah. Rashad Higgins and David Njoku and Duke Johnson really there to, to kind of battle for in terms of targets. And he got the big touchdown. So, yeah, he's another player that just needs the one reception to go for a long one. To, and then you're, you know, you're okay for the for the position for fantasy reasons. Uh, but he's an, another guy to circle. But that's, like I say, that's a great segue into Thursday Night Football. Uh, it's the, the one that everyone is looking forward to. It's the Isaiah Crowell revenge game. Uh, New York Jets, <laughs> the New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the total points line for this one is thirty nine point five, which pretty much tells you all you need to know about the game. Uh, Cleveland are minor, a three point favourite, uh, which I don't think has happened for the best part of a couple of years. Um, so I probably won't be taking Cleveland minus three, considering how the first two weeks have gone. <laughs> the first two weeks have gone, and the last maybe two and a half years have gone. Um, but yeah, not not a great game really at fantasy. Um, yeah, not really, not really too much to talk about this one, really. I, I suppose we take the Browns to maybe get a, fi- a, a win finally. 
Uh, yeah, so end of podcast then, if there's not a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, it's, I think it's quite an interesting game, to be honest. Obviously, you've got Sam Darnold, who, if you're looking at rookie quarterbacks, is quite an interesting candidate, uh, quite an interesting player. Obviously, like I said before, he's got quite out this early turnover syndrome. Uh, then we've talked about the Browns' defence obviously being sort of maybe the better half of their team. So they're going to be able to apply pressure and maybe get the Browns to win. Because I think if the Browns get a win, especially while Tyrod Taylor's playing, um, being the sort of, uh, sort of mediocre quarterback that he is, sort of not taking a lot of risks, I think it's going to be the defence that gets them the win as opposed to the offence winning it for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be quite, quite quite an interesting battle with that uh, yeah. on, with, on that score really. And yeah, I think I think the Browns will get the win. I'm going to back the Browns in this one, um, yeah. even you know with the points. Yeah, just a couple of injury notes to obviously Jarvis Landry on the offense there, but on defense, Denzel Ward is a bit questionable uh, with hamstring injuries, which which could be quite pivotal uh, pivotal for for the Browns in this game. Uh, obviously at home, like I say, it's the Azar Crowell revenge game. I th- I'm probably going to put some money on him to score any time. I think you can get about two to one on Betfair, but it's a bit shorter everywhere else. But I certainly like those those odds. Um, really, apart from that, there's not really too much really too much to talk about. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably just leave, we'll probably just leave it there. It doesn't really, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't really impact fantasy too much. Uh, Quincy Nimoy, obviously, we've spoken about, but I think I picked up the Browns defense. Um, you know, in the year of this is our year 2018, and I'm picking up a Browns defense. I've actually, funny enough, I've picked up a Browns defense and a Dallas Cowboys defense this week in two different leagues. Um, so I'm not quite sure where we where we quite are in the world. I think maybe the four horses of the apocalypse are, are due to come, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but there's not really, from a fantasy perspective, there's not really much, too much to, to talk about here. No, not a great deal. Um, I just to touch on your um, shout for Antonio Callaway. I actually picked him up in a, in a, one of my leagues as a waiver, so I'll be looking at him, mm. um, especially with obviously like Josh Gordon going. You know, is there trust in Antonio Callaway? Reason or one of the reasons, or reason perhaps why they let Josh Gordon go? Mm. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this this game though, not just just from a general uh, spectator point of view, would definitely be made a lot better if Baker Mayfield was caught back in the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. what we all want to see. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you got the yeah, the narrative of obviously doubt Donald versus uh, versus Mayfield, which obviously. Would, uh, everyone would have been lax, uh, waxing lyrical um, in America about that. But unfortunately, we probably won't have that um, unless maybe an injury to Tyrod Taylor before the game, in which case then they mm. won't have enough time to, to go on about it anyway. But um, we'll probably leave it there. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Lee on social media at Wakefield90, we obviously are at full 10 yards. That's going to do it for the show this week. We're going to be back uh, the weekend to preview all of the week three games. Lee, we'll probably have you back on for that if you fancy it. Yeah, I'll be back. Awesome, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, I won't. I, I did get through the whole podcast without mentioning that I beat you in the dynasty league. But um, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's all we've got time for. I'm joking. Yeah, quite, quite convincingly in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think what was it? Ten point lead, and I had Trey Burton, and you had who did you have? Oh, you had Chris, Chris Carson, Carson, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, yeah. No, I was quite, I was quite confident. Although when um, I think I had the Chargers, who who played last Thursday night? Oh, I had the Ravens defense, didn't I? They scored a duck egg, um, so I was, I was a bit worried there, but managed to pull it through. Um, but yeah, there we go. We move on to week three. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I've, I've got a few players out at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and no, unfortunately, yeah, the sad, the sad thing is you can look at it as that we've already already an eighth through the regular season of the fantasy uh, football season, which is a bit sad. But on to the se- on to the second eighth, uh, into the first uh, uh, end of the first quarter. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, uh, thanks for joining us, Lee. Uh, we'll, we'll speak to you back at the weekend to, to look over the uh, week three games. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll speak to you then.
Yeah, thanks again. Uh, thanks. I'll see you again soon. So there have it. Week two, all reviewed, done and dusted. Thursday night football tomorrow, of course, is Jets at Browns. Not many of you, I anticipate, will stay up for that one, but maybe you have a couple of fancy guys playing. So maybe we'll look forward to that, maybe not. Uh, but we'll be back at the weekend to preview all of the week three games to give you your fancy sits and starts. And obviously Adam will be back as well to give you your best bets. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, head over to the website full10yards.com or follow us on social media at full10yards or, jo- or follow my personal account at tim underscore monk 85. Before we let you go, a bit of stat of the day. The New Orleans Saints are 1-9 in week, tw- week, ga- uh, week 1 and 2 games over the last five years. Don't know why I gave you that. I just thought it was quite interesting. So that's going to do it for, for the uh, the show. Remember to keep your eyes peeled for competition there to win a jersey. That should be uh, detailed next week on our social media once that has been all decided and done and dusted. So slight apologies for the delay in that. I did say obviously when we got to 500 we would do it. But uh, continue to share us, continue to subscribe, rate, review, blah, 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 blah. But I really appreciate you from the bottom of my heart of you joining in, uh, joining the show, listening in to the show and being a follower of the full 10 yards. Been the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's bad for now. Thanks for listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full Ten Yards. Or email the show, full ten yards at gmail.com.